On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we talk a little bit about just about everything. Well, NBA, MLB, and some NFL. Let's get into it. What's up, guys, and welcome to the latest edition of Senior Quotes Live here on WZBC AM Radio. I'm your host, Aiden Brother, joined by my co-host, Jack Coleman. Jack, how you doing, Jack? I'm fantastic, and I'm ready to get into it. Let's go. Awesome. Um, I gotta plug in my phone because uh, my quotes are there, but otherwise, That's fine. Right, we, let's, we can we can do a little coverage. I have uh, the top sports. the quick topic we need to uh, kick the episode off with is Kai Bowman declaring. For the NBA draft, leaving Boston College after three seasons, he led the NCAA in minutes per game, a stat I did not know about till today, with 39.4. And for reference, there are only 40 minutes in an NCAA basketball game, so he played basically every, like the, the entire game for every single game for our team. So that just shows how critical a player he was to the team. However, we're moving to a new era, and it's going to be interesting. Also, really excited to see what he can do on the next level but what, what's your uh, first reaction um firstly i think that well firstly his letter to the fans and boston college i wasn't a huge fan of it just kind of seemed like it was forced and didn't really seem genuine like i we see so many sports letters whether it be like gronk's retirement or anything else and i just i don't know i didn't really appreciate it as much considering all that he was for our program but otherwise, I'm more than okay with it. I think that it was time for Kai to move on. Who knows what could happen next year if you were to stay. You don't want to get injured when you have a chance to be a second-round talent in the NBA. Uh, but besides that, I really think that it's best for the team as a whole. Not uh, dissing Kai or anything here, but I think that there's a strong, and we talked about this before, three-core freshman unit. And I think that that core three of Winston Tabbs, Jarius Hamilton, and Chris Heron Jr. by our junior year and their junior year would be something very special in the ACC. And I think that a year without Kai taking the majority of the shots will really help develop and build this team as a team, not just through one star. This team really hasn't been a team ever since Jerome Robinson, Kai Bowman. It was always like that one-two guard dynamic even before this year, and now it was just kind of Kai taking over games. Yeah. Now it's good. you got a year to develop your young guys, junior year. Who knows if we're going to have a new coach or not by then. It, it's something that could be very special within the ACC. Totally. So we'll give the quick uh, senior quotes um, routine here, and I'll uh, read out his um, statement real fast. So he said, Eagle Nation, it has always been a lifelong dream of mine to play in the NBA. After much thought and consideration with my family, I've decided to declare for the 2019 NBA draft and take the next step towards achieving my dream. I'm forever grateful to Boston College, my teammates, coaches, classmates, and fans for the experience, support, and opportunity to play the game I love for such a great school. While I'm excited to get to work and start the next chapter of my career, I will hold dear the memories and lessons from my time at BC. I will always be proud to be an Eagle, Kai. So yeah, I don't know. I'm just not like a huge fan. It, of that. it wasn't a lot, but it was also what you expect from like a generic statement like that. I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do really in the combine and just the workouts leading up to the draft because that's how Jerome Robinson cracked the lottery. No one expected that to happen. And he I didn't have a tournament run like Dante Divincenzo. And I mean, like he, this is the other way that you can build your draft stock, like he did, not like guys like Dante or 
I don't know who who was um who's the scorer uh, on Purdue. It's um the th- the th- Carson no, Edwards. Carson, Carson Edwards has like averaged like twenty something points per game this tournament. That's one way you can build your stock. I bet he goes in the first round if he declares. The other way is just being great in workouts and at the combine. And he's a small dude, but just showing his effort. And I mean, this dude works hard. I mean, he plays I, hard as well. I mean, Kai is a scorer. Like. For any player comparison, whether it was, you know, talking about Kai when we commentated the game or me writing about him for the newspaper, I just always thought he has that James Harden scoring mentality. And I think that he will rise through uh, the, the combine and everything else. And I just think that he is the type of guy where you put him amongst other guys and out of the, you know, we see this, say this all the time about everything, but the BC bubble, right. and I think that he will rise, and he is, at his base and his foundation, he is a scorer, and that's what a lot of teams are looking for. You can't tell me that, you know, size-wise, and I mean, no, he's not necessarily as good a shooter as a guy like Trey Young, but, mm-hmm. like, he's built like him, and he can be a guy that can take over games like that. So I really think that Kai's definitely going to rise, and... You know, I, this draft class coming up, I don't think has too much talent past the first yeah. round. Even even in the first round, I think it's there's a top point. heavy for sure. Yeah, it's very, very top heavy. So I think that, as opposed to next year or the year after, or excuse me, the year before, mm-hmm. where it was pretty consistent throughout the draft, you could still find good players. I mean, a guy like, for the Knicks, Mitchell Robinson went late and he's you know fantastic so Alonzo Trier was undrafted Alonzo Trier was undrafted there's a lot of talent in the that last year and then next year coming up we have a lot of talent so I think that Kai will rise in this draft stock and I honestly in the combine if he puts on a you know a pretty professional showing yeah I could see him cracking the first round yeah my just final wrap-up would be it's the perfect time for him to declare and be a pro in just in an individual way but I think it's also the perfect time for BC to let go of him yeah. and like you said, move to a new era where we focus on the young talent that we've got. Find a new star, because Chapman's going to be gone too. He was a fifth-year guy. You know, he's he's done with his career. He was a big shooter. A lot of the shots that were taken by BC were taken by either Chapman or Bowman. Now that's gone, and we're going to need new contributors. Chris Heron's a shooter. Jarius Hamilton's going to get a lot more work, and I bet the offense has redefined a bit. Um, redesigned, excuse me, for a guy like him. And then Winston Tabb's going to come back and be our leading scorer, in my opinion. I don't think that's a hot take. Not so. at all. And honestly, I think that Jarius Hamilton is going to develop even more after a year under his belt. I, he already has the build of being a strong, talented ACC player. So I really am looking forward to seeing Jarius Hamilton develop. Also, with Kai, I, I'm kind of thinking ahead to the draft. Any chance that the L.A. Clippers could take him? It makes sense. Pair him with, uh, Jerome, with Jerome and just maybe put him in the D League or G League, excuse me, like they did with him. Yeah, maybe. But I feel like if that happened, it would be a second rounder because well, the Clippers are in the playoffs. No, they're gonna miss the playoffs by a little bit. Or no, they clinched it. Yeah, I don't know. No, the, the entire West is clinched. 18th or 19th, that would probably be, which is where like Divincenzo went. So. Where I could see his draft stock rising enough. Right, if he has a very there. good showing, which is possible. I mean, he's a guy that can take clutch shots and that'd be cool. Is super athletic. No one thinks about this short guy who can posterize anybody. You know, uh, interesting. I mean, what about I, what about your team, the Nets, pairing him with Dudley? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, he Get might push BC that. Love. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We don't. Well, I guess we kind of just a bench guy for a score. Yeah, yeah. he'd be interesting. Um, we'll have to see. I want Bull Bull personally. We've definitely talked about that before, but yeah. uh, 
but we'll save any of that talk for maybe later. But for now, though, just congratulations to Kai on a great career, and we wish him the best of luck uh, going to the NBA. I really hope he hits the first round, but we'll see. Oh, also, before we start, I don't believe either of us have quotes on the AAF. No, we don't. Yeah, so the AAF, the American Association of Football, maybe? <laughs> no, the Alliance. Alliance. Alliance of Football. So yeah. it's the post-NFL football that we had been talking about. We were and big fans. Yeah, man. we were fans. It was cool. It was, you know, a good time of basically all of the end of Super Bowl through like the combine yeah. of having extra football. But yeah. today it started I believe they They just suspended they suspended the league. the league and are putting a hold on all operations right now. Yeah. Kinda leaning towards looking like it's gonna fall through. Um, you know, kind of sad to see because it was really cool, but we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, I still want to buy a flag for our room uh, of the Atlanta Legends. If anything, now just to commemorate the one season uh, of this league. But we both think that the NFL should buy it out and just turn it into some kind of developmental league and have football going on after the regular season. There's interest in that. And I mean, there's no minor league system right now for the NFL. They have so many players that are, you know, hovering around practice squads from team to team. They want to play elsewhere. They want to stay in shape and have a chance at their career. This is the perfect place to put those players. I mean, whether it is a minor league system where you send players down to the AAF or if it just works as a fall league like the MLB has where rookies go there and get their first pro experience, you know, playing in a league that doesn't really matter. That's fine. I don't think anyone really cares who wins the AAF championship, you know? And I, there might not even be one this year. Yeah. But um, that's not what's important. It's about getting these players more experience and guys that, you know, didn't have a spot in the NFL can play somewhere else. So, And, and we had talked earlier about even making the league be something where, you know, during uh, summer practices and everything where when they cut players or put them on the practice squad, it'd be cool that – if there's not enough space for a guy, but he does show that he has some talent, they can move him to the AAF affiliate of that team, mm-hmm. and that'd be something cool. Also, I just found out at dinner that Atlantic City was trying to get an AAF team. I checked. I tried to see if that was true, and I didn't see anything. I saw that they might try to get an Arena Football League team, which I mean, would also be dope. That's actually awesome. Yeah, but I didn't see anything about that. I know that the AAF wanted to expand because there was a lot of hype around the league at the beginning of the year, and a lot of that fell through. To be honest, I haven't watched games in like a month, but there was so much hype around at the start. And I mean, that happens with a lot of stuff. You know, you'll make like a baseball fantasy league or something and lose interest after a month or so. We'll get into MLB talk. I don't think that's happening this year because we've both been so invested in the league. But that's just an example. And I think the AAF had that happen where the hype around it at the start just really went away. So we'll have to see. Hopefully it comes back. We're both rooting for that. One more thing before we get in, and this is the quickest of our uh, intro stuff. Tommy DeTulio, shout out to you, CBA Baseball. Mm. He just hit a walk-off home run for the Colts, and Ian sent me a video of it. So shout out to you for coming in clutch and getting a W for CBA. Love that. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Tommy, you're a winner as well tonight. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, let's jump into the show. Uh, I personally have two MLB quotes and one NBA. And I know you kind of cover the whole spectrum tonight. Uh, yep. MLB, NFL, NBA, the yep. whole uh, 
Yeah, the trio. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching some. I've I've gotten back in because I always used to, but like I got back into having Sports Center on in the morning when I'm getting yeah, ready. Yeah, I, I woke up to yeah. that this morning. I was so like, I've been doing Stephen A. Yeah, I've been doing that the past couple of days, and like it's so nice. Like it's just nice to get your sports fix in the morning. So right. kind of got back on that wave. Yeah, totally. Okay. I am going to start with my MLB quote because then I could do like baseball, 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 and then we can just do the rest of the sports after. So here we go. Um, just tell me who it is and what it's about. Mm. Um, I don't want it to feel weird. I don't want it to feel like it's weird or crazy walking in here, but it's definitely going to be like that. That is Bryce Harper about his return to Washington. Exactly. Did Man. you have that quote? Or you no, on no, fire? I'm on fire. Nice. Let's go. go. Baseball season in full effect, and I am ready. Yeah, real quick, I've been very impressed by Jack's uh, newfound interest in the MLB. Uh, more than just the Yankees, we've been watching a lot of different games. and Throw in so- White Sox games, too, yeah. because Dan has them on. So. But then even, like, we've watched a lot of Phillies, Yeah, and I, it's been so fun. I saw the – I watched a Pirates game. Yep. I think it was Pirates Cardinals. Yep, it I watched was. that game. It was. I watched a I've bit seen of a, lot a of Cubs Padres. game. Yep, Cubs. We saw. We watched a little Padres. In I general, I feel like I had watched a Royals game a couple days ago. We um we may have caught some Royals. That yeah. might have been White Sox Royals, and then we definitely have seen some cool Brewers endings. Yeah. Um, in general, it's just been really fun to get back into baseball, and I can't really see that ending right now partially because of how fun it's been to watch the Yankees, even though we're only 2-2, two and two, and partially because there's these cool storylines like this. Bryce Harper uh, has been awesome for the Phillies so far. They're the only undefeated team left already in baseball, and uh, Quinn's very happy about that. He can't be here tonight. He's watching a movie about, like, the Rolling Stones or something. He uh, said he just has a commitment. He would have been <laughs> here anyway, uh, or otherwise. But, yeah, I mean, Bryce Harper is looking like he was worth that giant contract that was handed out to him. And he just brought this new excitement back to Philly baseball, which they haven't really had since 08. Or, well, that's when they won the World Series, and then a little bit after when they had arguably the best or one of the best rotations since 2000, where Cliff Lee, Roy Halladay, Cole Hamels, Roy Oswald, Joe Blanton, I think that was the five of them. Um... Haven't seen a more dominant rotation than that, but to get back to current day baseball, I think this is the best Phillies team that they've had since then. You've got fun guys like Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, um, Gene Segura, who was an all-star last year for the Mariners, signed. They traded for JT Realmuto, who considers himself the best catcher in baseball. And this is just the offense. I mean, Aaron Nola is arguably an ace and just signed a really team-friendly five-year deal. It's a very cool team and one that, is easy to root for as well. So it's cool to see Bryce Harper crushing homers out of uh, Citizens Bank Park. And it's going to be really interesting to see them play the Nationals tonight. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing is that Bryce Harper in general, besides being good for Philly sports, is good for baseball on the whole. Oh, yeah. Everything he's doing is in capturing fans, and everyone is really just as pumped up as we are, I feel, this year about baseball. And this is the first year that, like, on Twitter, I'm seeing, along with March Madness, like, a ton of baseball highlights. Yeah. It seems like more than usual. Baseball's keeping up with the March it, Madness highlights. It definitely is. And this year is a kind of weird Final Four that yeah. doesn't have a strong fan base for any team, really. And that means, the, and that means baseball that more people are yeah. watching baseball. So, yep. And I've been talking about this frequently in a bunch of sports talks with people. And I believe that because it's kind of a wacky Final Four this year... Because it was kind of a rough year in football. I mean, it was a lame Pats-Rams Super Bowl. Kind of the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen. And 
we had so many pl- star-studded players sitting out. We had Anthony Brown out, Le'Veon Bell out. We had, you know, the Giants not doing well, so you didn't get to see as much from Odell. Right. All these star players, and they weren't doing anything. So football was kind of beat this year. And then also the NBA is such an in-between year because there's so many free agents coming up this summer. And then we also have an insane, highly touted draft class at the top. So no one is really interested in anything else but baseball as heavily as they usually are with other sports. So I feel like this is the year for baseball. 2019, huge, huge baseball year. I, I mean, I can't agree more. Uh, and while like the Odell trade has the Browns hyped up for next season, you know, we have to wait for September or October for that. And by then, the MLB will be in the heat of the pennant chase. You know, who's going to make the playoffs? So they'll still have interest then. I agree with you. I think the MLB is really bringing back a larger group of fans and partially because of a weak season from everybody else. So the NBA is still intriguing, in my opinion. Um, it doesn't seem like the Warriors are completely, you know, going to take it away this year. Yeah. They're still heavy favorites. There's a huge battle for the East. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any team in that East necessarily has it on lock. Like, no. Uh, even the Bucks, uh, you know, they've had some scares here and there. Yeah. The Raptors, like, yes, it's Kawhi. I think he's going to be great in the playoffs. I think my Raptors, not my Raptors, but the Raptors yeah. – going forward in the playoffs might have that edge because even the Celtics are kind of iffy. It's just so much up in the air in the East. So still cool NBA playoffs, but we need to remember NBA playoffs end early in the summer and we get a full summer of baseball ahead. And if it keeps up with this steam, I, you know, no one can complain when baseball is the only sport going on too. Yeah. So I think that it's a huge, huge year for baseball. Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing better than watching live baseball in the summer. In my opinion, I love that. Uh, It always makes me think of like barbecues outside and just like coming in and watching the game. Um, But it's awesome that there's already interest in watching the games now. Like that's when you know that you've got an exciting season. I, I, I mean, I'm a little biased. You guys know I'm a huge baseball fan, but I love just throwing on MLB Network and having them take you from game to game, seeing what's going on, whether it's like a 10-2 to 2 blowout or a very close game that can come down to a game-winning home run robbery that we saw from Lorenzo Cain and the Milwaukee Brewers just this week. It, it's awesome. And we've already seen so much from an immaculate inning, which was also thrown by the Brewers. We've already seen some walk-off hits. Again, the Brewers with Yelich. Yeah. Um and then otherwise, just very cool endings to other games. We have young guys like Fernando Tatis and uh, Eloy Jimenez, who uh, is a White Sox. Dan can't stop talking about him. But uh, we've seen some cool moments from them already, too. So a lot is going on around the league that makes so many teams interesting. And that's something that the NBA lacks is, you know, interest in watching, like, the Pistons play the Magic or something. And those are two teams competing for the playoffs yeah. right now. But that's just not that interesting to me. And the other thing is, like, by watching MLB the way we have, where we're able to switch around to different games, you can't even say anymore that baseball is boring because you throw that on and you're thrown into the heat of any given game. Yep. So, you know, it's it's just like uh, NFL Network when they have Red Zone on. You're getting the heat of the game. You're bouncing around. That's right, yeah. And it's not necessarily as boring. I guess I'm going to say bouncy as yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Red Zone because that's more so concerned with fantasy, whereas MLB, what is it, MLB Tonight? Yes, MLB, MLB tonight. tonight. MLB Tonight is just about key moments in games, and yep. baseball is all about key moments that's leading right. up to yeah. big hits so or just big plays in general. So I'm all for it. I think it's it's a really fun time right now. Yeah, I totally agree. So let's keep it going. We'll, we'll throw it to your MLB quote. All right. Um, 
I don't know if you have this, but surgery could be in play, which would obviously compromise his season. There is some optimism that if treated conservatively, he can respond and come back and play good. Play that, good. It's play well, whoever I'm, this I'm gonna is. I'm going to guess. I only have one guess, but I'll say yeah. Aaron Boone, but mm-hmm. it's about Miguel Andujar mm-hmm. and his injury. Yes. So I'm going to just take my Andujar quote, but I'll see if you can guess who it's about. Okay. I'm not sure if we're counting these points or not, yeah. but it, this is actually tougher. It's unfortunate right now, but I guess it's better to be in the beginning than at the end of the year. This is a player that you've talked a lot about on the Yankees. Um. All right. I mean, I I guess Judge. Like I, I mean, I was kind of going to say... I should have went with my initial thing then. I was going to say DD. No, actually, neither. It's your guy, John Carlos Stanton. Okay. And, right. uh, but I think... I was going to say DD because, like, his was at the end of the year, and so, like, yeah. that was my reason. Exactly. That, but. Um, no, we'll, we'll probably call Noel on both of those, yeah. but we really need to talk about this. I was trying to stay away from all the Yankee talk, you know, in our big buildup about baseball. But, again, the other half... You know, other than just being excited to see baseball on the TV again, we're both just pumped to see how the Yankees do with this team. And it seems like we've grown really well, and Glaber came into the team. We had a pretty good offseason. But now, all of these injuries taking us down. Didi, like you said, is out. Stanton himself just went out, and I think partially... Chevy's out. Well, I think Stanton in that quote was kind of hinting at himself as well, even though he's only out for 10 oh, days. Oh, right, yeah. Right? While Andujar could either miss two weeks or a month, or he could miss the entire season, like you said. Sevy's out as well. Um, I think we're missing we're missing Aaron Hicks. There's a, it, it's, it's insane. We're missing so many players, yet we're still putting out a team that I could see making the playoffs. And, I mean, these guys, for the most part, will be back. The, the worry is if there's going to be lingering injuries that, you know, stick with them. I was talking to Kyle about this. Our friend Kyle's a big Yankee fan despite being from Florida. And he said, if Severino, CeCe, Hicks, and Stanton all keep lingering injuries around, we're, we're effed. <laughs> we're screwed, you know? Yeah. So it's nerve-wracking. As a fan who, you know, is so excited to see this team and it was hyped up all offseason and, you know, we have unfinished business. We want to come back and redeem ourselves after this last postseason it's tough to do that when half the team, you know, is dealing with injuries, whether they're playing on the field, you know, playing through it, or they're sitting out. So it's frustrating. I mean, I still feel pretty confident, despite losing a series to the Orioles, that this team is playoff bound. I mean, it's tough to say they're not. But I also read an article on ESPN about what realistic expectations are for every fan base. And for us, realistically, we should win the A at least. Mm-hmm. However, you know, fans will not be happy if this team doesn't make the World Series. Yeah, no. It, World it, Series are bust. I mean, it wasn't necessarily last year, but last year gave a sense that something is coming. Yeah. And like I said, if we don't make the World Series within the... I had said at the start of last year, you know, within the next two, three years, it's a disappointment. Totally. So if we don't this year, it, it truly is. Um, I had some questions, I guess, going off of my Andujar quote. Sure. So I was going to say, if Andujar is out, where are we going? Like, if he's out for the season, what what do you think is his replacement, both, you know, hitting and in the field? So we would have to play LeMahieu at third as an everyday guy, and he specifically played second for the Rockies, even though we signed him to be a utility player. We were worried about Andujar's defense in the first place, and that gets to the second half where we're going to have to keep – 
both Bird and Voight in the in the rotation or on the team so that one of them can play DH for us because Andujar was spending a few games playing DH. He's kind of iffy in the field, and he's made some good plays so far this season, yeah. but you don't know how reliable he is. Now we have a guy who didn't play uh, third base until he got to this team, and now he's going to probably be called on every day until we find another replacement. Now you can maybe try to stretch Glaber over there and play DJ well, yeah. at second, but Glaber's al- already be calling. Excuse me, already been called on to play short as well. Mm-hmm. Now that Didi's out, and sometimes he sticks at second. And I'm trying to remember who we've had at short. Potentially Lemayhu, or I'm blanking on someone else on the roster. But now it's we don't really have a true third baseman on the team. So the other thing is we can bring someone up from the minors or make a trade for you know a, a mid-tier guy. I would say someone like Mike Mustakis, but he's on a contender already with the Brewers. Um, we'll have to see, you know. And Mustakis was available in free agency this year, and we didn't sign him because a lot of teams didn't want veterans on long-term deals, you know. Now you're looking back and saying, hey, maybe we could have paid this guy for a year or two yeah. and add that depth, which is what we did with LeMahieu, but now we're regretting it that we couldn't have gone further with that. Yeah, and my my other question is, is or excuse me, are these early season injuries better or worse for hitters on the team? So, like, you currently we have Stanton out of the, line, uh, out of the lineup. You know, that's short-term, but mm-hmm. Van Duhar's out. Is this better to be getting... You know, is it more added pressure on guys like Judge or some of the newer guys mm. and guys like Voight, or is this better because, you know, it, they thrive off it and will, you know, hit better when they know they have to step up? Um, the, just combining that pressure with the pressure playing in the Bronx, it's kind of scary for young players who yeah. aren't used to it yet. So Aaron Judge is very young, but I'd say he's getting used to it. He's embracing yeah. his role as, you know, the heart of this team. His dive and catch that, I, yeah. I don't know, you were I there too, it. right? Yep. We saw it live. It was incredible. And he does stuff like that, and he steps up under pressure. But Luke Voigt and Greg Bird are two young guys who had to battle to get onto this team. Voigt hasn't even been here for a whole calendar year yet. Greg Bird's been hurt and needs to redeem himself. Oh, I completely forgot. Troy Tulowitzki's who's been at short. Mm. And it's awesome to see him redeeming himself yeah. as well. Um, but for all those guys, whether they're veterans or young, if they're not used to playing in the Bronx yet, now having to step up in the order because of other players getting hurt, it you know, they're professionals. You'd like to say they thrive under pressure, but that's not entirely true for everyone. You see with players like Sonny Gray, for example, uh, while he's a pitcher, not a hitter, was a completely perfect example of someone coming to the Bronx and not being able to play under the lights in New York after thriving in Oakland, which was a playoff team when he was there. So... It's not about how good of quality the team is. It's, you know, what kind of pressure of where you are and the situation as well. So that's a scary combination, in my opinion. My my prediction is that Voight is able to step up, but Bird isn't. I can see it. But Bird has arguably looked better so far. It, I know. It's a weird battle. But I feel know? like he's one of those guys where, like... He's inconsistent. Yeah, inconsistent, you know? pressure all on him, you know. I, I, I would I love to be proved wrong, but I, yeah, I agree with you. And Luke Voight, on the other hand, seems very chill and is enjoying the Bronx. You know, I listened to the Starting Nine episode that he was on. haven't listened to that show in a while because I'm just mad at uh, Jerry Carabas for uh, being a Red Sox fan. But he he was, you know, joking about taking public transportation in New York and how disgusting that is and just, you know, having fun on the show. 
And, you know, he really gained a fan in me, if not already, because of his performance last season. So I like that attitude. That makes me think he can adjust under pressure. But who knows if Glaber can? You know, he had a great first season, but he's looked iffy. He, he, he strikes out a ton. And he's another guy who might not be able to step up. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. You know, you just got to hope that Stanton comes right back after his 10 days are over on the injured list. And Aaron Hicks gets back soon, and Didi gets back soon, etc. Um, and meanwhile, our pitching's looked a little iffy. We're already starting Tanaka again tonight. Um, he's thrown three scoreless innings so far against the Tigers, um, but has a man on second with no out in the top of the fourth. He's actually only pitching on four games rest. There was a fifth off day, so he should be fine. But that shows we don't even have a fifth starter right yeah. now. We need either Sevy and CC to come back, or we'll have to start using that opener strategy where you use a reliever for two innings, maybe three, and then go straight to the bullpen. But that tires the bullpen out. Yeah. There, there's so much, I don't know, there's so many questions here because we have six, seven guys all injured already. And it, it feels like we're the Mets from last year. Where you know, there's always teams in football and Mets basketball. Mets look solid so far. They have, but they also look solid at the start of last year yeah. and then got banged up and banged up. So hopefully that isn't the story for us this year, but it's what it looks like right now. Yep. Well, I that's, mean, that's about it. Kind of that's a sad topic, <laughs> yeah. you know. But on the other hand, there are some players who've been thriving for the Yankees, specifically DJ LeMahieu, who coming into last night's game was hitting like over 500. He's still hitting at a 500 uh, batting average. Tied with Freddie Freeman, Trey Mancini, who killed the Yankees as usual with the Orioles, and Colton Wong of the Cardinals. Those four all are leading the MLB. So LeMahieu's looked really good. I thought he was a guy who wouldn't necessarily thrive in the Bronx, you know, adjusting especially from Coors Field and playing uh, in Colorado. But that's really good to see that. Stan, meanwhile, here's a fun fact, is leading the league in walks with seven. So... That's great for, you know, he's still striking out, but that is more of uh, something I'd expect from Judge, who's really struggled at the plate uh, in terms of strikeouts so far. But yeah, um, before we wrap up baseball, or, or um, how I'll wrap up baseball, is we can go through a few players that, you know, have interested both of us. And I would say the first one would be our guy, Christian Yelich. Um, he won the MVP last year in the NL, and this year he's just continued with that walk-off double. Uh, four homers right now, which is tied for second in the entire MLB. Only was, behind, for, yeah, only behind uh, Chris Davis of the Athletics. Okay. Um, he's tied with Cody Ballinger and Paul Goldschmidt, who's adjusting well to St. Louis. Um, that's the thing. There are some cool storylines. You don't necessarily have to leave in free agency to uh, you know move to a new team in baseball. There's always big blockbuster deals. Just today, Kevin Pillar, who's I argued with Dan, is the best fielding center fielder right now um, was traded to the Giants from the Blue Jays. Uh, and I didn't even think the Giants were competing, you know, in the NL West. So it's fun that it's so early in the year and you don't know who's uh, fighting for the best or trying to compete and who's trying to tank and get the first pick next year. So we'll just have to see. Well, first of all, before I get into this next quote, I'm <laughs> literally dying in this room it is it's so hot, hot in here. It's i'm hot. sweating like crazy yeah but that might be a good thing because it means it's getting hot outside yeah last week we complained about hearing uh music from the room next to us and now we're uh can't really hear that but yeah now it's heat now uh we just love to complain yeah <laughs> apparently you know 
it's just who we are. But we're not complaining about New York sports just yet. I mean, nope. Well, <laughs> I guess we are. Yeah, uh, yeah, we totally are. Actually, I've been complaining all year about New York. Yeah, sports. exactly. Um, I, I was gonna say I'm being optimistic, but we're just stating the facts. There are so many injuries. Trying to decide if I want to go with NBA or NFL. I think I'll do NFL. I was gonna say. Okay, that's almost. Do you have an MBA? I do. Then I'll, yeah, I'll do. I mean, we could close the show with two MBAs. Nah, let's let's keep the flow. All right. So this is a NBA quote. Okay, that's fine. Not exactly sure if you'll know who says this. Okay. He is very famous within the sports world, but I don't know if you'll get it. Mm-hmm. In my lifetime, I think it's going to be the biggest bidding war ever done. Zion Williamson's shoe deal. Yes. Do you know who said it? Um, I actually saw, like, this come up on Bleacher Report or something. Yeah, I'll probably I, give it to you either way, but... No. Nah, uh, is it an athlete? No. Mm. Um, then it's someone like... No. I, all right, I'll just throw in a guess and say it's Dick Vitale, but I know it's not. Cause... It, well, Dick Vitale's very old. This might not be the biggest bidding war. Oh, uh, true. <laughs> all right, who is it? Um, it is Sonny Vaca- Vaccaro. I don't know if you know the name. Sonny Vaccaro. He's a huge uh, former marketing executive with Nike, Adidas, Reebok. He's basically the guy that made the Jordan deal and then ended up also in the long run getting like guys like Kobe and stuff on shoe deals. Okay. So he's like a pretty influential guy. I know that they, I believe they did, it was either a 30 for 30 or something else on him. Um, but he's also been somewhat involved in the, I don't know, like sneaker deal college stuff that went on that was like sketchy. Yeah. So okay. he's pretty relevant in the news, um, but big time in, in relation to uh, sports and shoes. So, okay. yeah. I'll, I'll take the full point. Cause yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... I knew it was going to be I nailed it. I I got it pretty fast. Um, Uh, You know, I'll take it. So, basically, I want to talk about this because I think this is kind of a cool post-Duke loss in the tournament. We haven't talked about Duke losing yet. Well, Um, that's the reason. Any of the other upsets, really, they were kind of wild. Yeah, but I was going to say that's the reason that this is relevant in the first place because you can't negotiate this this shoe deal unless the team is knocked out, which they were. Um, In shocking fashion, kind of, but also they had played in three straight close games at this point. And they finally were knocked off. Um, why am I blanking on who did it? Because I know it's UVA, Texas Tech, Auburn, and... UVA, Texas Tech, Auburn, Auburn and who Michigan knocked them State. off? Michigan State. Yeah. Who I'm ticked about. Like, yeah, neither I'm, of us, I'm not a Michigan State guy. I don't like think Tom Izzo. Izzo is a good guy. Yeah, we actually talked to Coach Vito about this a little bit uh, when he was yelling at his players, and Coach Vito said... That's not the way to win your team over. Shout I mean, out Coach Vito. Shout out Coach Vito. He had oh, a baby. Yeah. Yes, yes. Congrats on having Congrats. your first. Is it his first child? Yes, yes. yes, yes it's yes. his daughter. It's his daughter. Olivia, I believe, is, is her name. So shout out to you, Coach Vito, and Olivia Shiravalati. Sh- yeah. There you go. Shiravalati. I, I, haven't, I haven't said it in a while. We, <laughs> Olivia, one day you will also be on our show. So, Olivia, it's a, future senior quotes guest. Wow. That's like far it's years in the, the making. Years, years in the making, the but she'll make it. Wow. Crazy to think about it like that. Anyway. Um, yeah, so shout out to you as well for giving us coaching advice and saying that this is not really the way to run your team. And there was a lot of controversy, criticism around him, um, you know, both ways. You know, Scott Van Pelt, I believe, did he support Pizzo? I, I remember I, he... I don't know. I just don't like the guy. He's yeah, let's. Guy. I, won't, I won't bring SVP into it, even though I remember he did a great piece on the uh, discussion, nevertheless. But, uh, I mean, that's the team that beat Duke. So, can you criticize Tom Izzo? 
Uh, you know, what's yes, your answer to that? Yeah, yes, yeah. for sure. <laughs> because he was one of those guys that was involved in sketchy college oh, totally, things going totally. on. Who knows yeah. how much of this team was even brought in from his own <laughs> doing. You know, nice. I'm not necessarily a player wanting to go, and especially after this, yeah. he may need to do some more, you know, sketchy stuff. Sketchy stuff. Yeah. And that's the yeah. word of the day, sketchy stuff. Yeah. Um, sketchy stuff to bring players in because I would not want to play for a guy like that. Their star that was in whether he uh, committed for sketchy stuff or not was uh, Kasha Stanley, I believe, um, who was criticized by our roommate Daniel for looking like a goon, basically, with the uh, headband. Do you remember this? With like yes. the headband and the short fade and just like did not look like an intimidating basketball player. But he scored 20-plus on Duke. And like I said, they had come very close to losing against UCF, very close against, I can't remember who the next one was, um, Virginia Tech, maybe? Yes. Yep. And then this game here. And maybe even a fourth. Like, they have not dominated a game since the 1-16 versus matchup. And it qu- made me question my pick of Duke winning it all because they just, for how dominant they seemed with Zion on the court in the regular season, it just was not there. You this know, was, the this was something that I had actually struggled with during the year because when Duke was ranked at 1- I had said, like, at this given time and moment, you need to say Duke is one, Duke should win everything. But really, when you think about the tournament, you know, this Duke isn't a team. It's You have three amazing, incredible future top NBA talent and all just kind of put together and none of them really able to do their own thing as a team. It's all just real individual. Yeah. And that never wins in the tournament. Don't it's always the best team. Don't describe it, my man Trey Jones. No, Trey Jones was great. And you know, good point guard to try to put this team together. Yeah. You know, he kind of looked really good in the tournament, actually. But I totally agree. You know, RJ should have been leading a different team. Maybe Duke, oh, actually. I, I got and then, this. And then I, Zion should have been leading someone else. So, yeah, yeah. Ice cream's awesome. Okay. Mac and cheese is awesome. That's right. Pizza's awesome. Totally. You put all those together at Thanksgiving and no one is happy. Boom. That is Duke this year. Do we do we even talk more about Duke after that one? Uh, I, well, I want to talk shit. about Zion. <laughs> but I, I have shoe stuff with Zion. I want but to. we'll leave the Duke discussion on that one. Yeah, um, that was pretty awesome. Now, <laughs> hold on. Actually, on I'll play devil's advocate real fast. What if you had mac and cheese as the appetizer, pizza for some reason was your main course at Thanksgiving, or maybe it's just another get-together, and then you had ice cream for dessert? Well, that sounds like a good, consistent three years of Duke basketball, but it doesn't all work together. Yeah, exactly. So, good response. Well done. All right. So, I brought this up also because I think I think shoes are cool in basketball. It's true. Like, there's a lot of cool shoes that players come out with. We have new Giannis shoes coming out. Donovan Mitchell has new shoes coming out. So, I kind of wanted to figure out where we think Zion is going to land. So I believe right now it's Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, New Balance, Puma, and Anta. Um, my Nike is in the lead with signing him. Just because it's Nike, everyone loves Nike. Mm-hmm. But he did have the injury that resulted because of his shoe bursting. After that, I actually just found out about this today. I don't know why I didn't hear about it before. But Nike, like executives and other um, I don't know, higher-ups in Nike, met with Zion and tried to find the best Nike shoe that would work for his needs. Wow. And he basically switched to Kyrie 4s, which he had worn a lot this year, but ever since he's been wearing them more frequently. And he's said how much he enjoys the shoe. 
So that means that Nike isn't necessarily out. And especially a huge selling point if you're Nike besides basically another Sonny Gray, or not Sonny Gray, Jesus, <laughs> Sonny Vaccaro uh, yeah. quote that he said was that Zion is most likely going to become a billionaire with his first couple deals going on, which is huge. We haven't seen that much since LeBron James, yeah. really. And like we've been saying, only LeBron. Yeah, only LeBron James. And this is the first time that we're seeing a first player post LeBron who's, you know, similar to LeBron. So I don't even know what I was initially trying to start with here. But Nike's not out of it yet. Mm. That's what it was. Selling point to make design is like, we know that, you know, the shoe thing happened. Let's put together something to ensure that'll never happen again for you or other players in the future. That's huge. And if you're that new face of Nike, that's awesome. Also, Adidas. Apparently, Zion is big on Adidas. Outside of basketball, he wears a lot of Adidas clothing and Adidas shoes around. So, I'm leaning towards Adidas maybe signing him. I'm just going to shout out Puma. Like, is Me where too. I, I really, I really want, him to, want to him to go to Puma. Yeah. That's my pick for him. For personal want. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think he'll end up there, but just with all the young athletes here, or specifically basketball players who've signed there and trying to bring Puma basketball back, I am so on that bandwagon. Yeah. I would love to... I might buy Puma shoes. I like too. them. I saw them, and really? I absolutely love Sweet. them. Sweet. I think they look so clean. They look really good to play basketball in. I'm all for Puma right That's now. I love to hear And yeah. this would bump... This deal would most likely bump Puma above... I'm going to say above Under Armour and maybe above Adidas. Yeah. And be right along there with Nike because this deal is huge. And then we also have New Balance, which whatever Kawhi Leonard is with, uh, that's like, I doubt Zion Williamson wants to go wear like essentially dad shoes. (laughs) And then Under Armour is Steph Curry. I mean, yeah, that's, they're kind of popular now. A lot of people had Curry, so he could maybe go there. The Anta one, though, is tricky yeah. because that is basically an overseas-type shoe deal thing. Yep. And they signed Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has been so thrilled with the deal because he's gotten a lot more global appeal. And Zion's a long way. Exactly. No one thinks about that. And yeah. Zion already has that global appeal. So what Anta has been saying is that if they were to make this deal, this would fully bring them into the U.S. shoe game. Oh, yeah. So... I don't know. Anta would be cool. I'd like some Zion Anta. Yeah, I think Puma is my go-to favorite, but I think Adidas is the most realistic based on his personal style preference. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know enough about like a company like Anta, or like I said, I really don't know Puma too well, but those are the two I'd love to see because an upset in shoe um, deals is probably even more unexpected than an upset in March Madness. You know what I mean? So while... Duke getting knocked out here could almost be foreseen. I don't see anyone other than Nike, honestly, signing him. Like, you made some great points for others, and I agree with your points, and I think that makes a lot of sense. But that's just, you know, how Nike rolls. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, though, go Puma. That's, I'm, that, that's, I'm yeah. all for go Puma. Thinking more realistically, I'm going to say Adidas. Okay. But I like the Puma move, and there is a chance it could happen because a lot of young talent has gotten it. The other, my concern with Puma, no, and I just thought about this, was if they do have so much young talent, and let's say Zion is struggling in his first year, but another one of those talents takes off next year, that new guy kind of becomes your new face, and Zion kind of gets pushed to the foreground. Yeah, that's a good point. So, no one knows, but we'll see. Yes, we will. So, to continue the basketball talk, I have an NBA quote here. 
tell me who said it and you know what it's about it's a very it's not a very general topic it actually happened just recently <laughs> as most of these topics usually do but yeah I want to keep my money because they gave me two BS texts let me just stop talking about the officiating um I know it's one of the Warriors, right? I mean, like, that whole deal happened today. That's a half point. I'll give you that. Um, I want to keep my money. I don't think that's Steph. I'm leaning towards Duran or Draymond. And I feel like Draymond needs money more, so I'm going to go with Draymond. Uh, I, I wish you were right for that logic because uh. I think it's hilarious. But this is such a KD quote. You I know, know how he talks to the media. I yeah. know. I totally thought that it. Yeah. That's why I was torn between Draymond. Two, but I also thought Draymond could also be like. Yeah, mad we about haven't that. really seen like a pissed off Draymond to the media. Like he, he's that's he's, true. He's pissed off on the court, and he's like pretty funny in interviews. But yes, this is about all the Warriors criticizing the referees and getting fined because of it. And KD says no. The tech, the technical fouls he was given were BS, like he says, and then. And then he was like, wait, I got to stop talking about the officiating or else I'm going to get fined again. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he wants to keep his money for, uh, you know, moving elsewhere because I don't think he'll be Probably. staying in Golden State. But, yeah, this is why I wanted to, you know, I brought up the Warriors almost when we were talking about basketball earlier, how they're not a sure thing. Just stuff like this makes me think this, this doesn't – it's not what a championship team does. Like, there's a lot of, like, talk on the court between these guys and normally you don't see them – they're almost acting like – kind of privileged and like like they should get better calls and sure like i don't agree with the officiating in this case like i i don't think that kd should have been fine or any of these guys but like even still i i don't know i just don't think the warriors are untouchable anymore also this is like the bay area media like what happens this if is Kevin not new york. is in yeah. new york like yeah. i'm on said that you know I'm we afraid. had that quote yeah. a few weeks ago it's yeah. true like, I really don't necessarily know if he's going to be able to manage it well. And in, the Knicks are a team that would buy regardless in on KD yeah. and not even think about trying to tell him what to do, but it could be a problem in the future. Yeah, I mean, and so would L.A., even though he's not yeah. going to end up in either of those two teams. Clippers would be cool. It would be, um, but that's such like a Kawhi fit, in my opinion. In fact, yeah. I, read, I read a Bleacher Report article predicting Kai, Ka, Kawhi to the Clippers and Kyrie with KD to the Knicks. They both are going to go to the Knicks, according Let's to Bleacher Report. But would that work with the media? I no. don't really <laughs> think so. We're going to have Kevin Durant screaming at them and then I don't Kyrie think Irving two believing would... in like Bigfoot all of a sudden. Yeah, like they have great play styles that would work together, I think, but their personalities would probably clash too. Like to... if the Warriors can't get along together with KD, like it, and, and then Cousins is thrown in there to be fair. But I don't know. To be honest, I this is like the first year where outside of Steph Curry, the Warriors don't look like they're having fun. Like no one on that yes. team looks like they're happy at any given moment outside of Steph because Steph knows basically he's never going to leave. Right. And everyone else is just kind of like, I don't know, pissed off at each other it looks like. I don't know. Yeah, totally. And then they're taking down the refs and getting fined for it. Yeah. And, like, yes, they're guaranteed. Even Steve Kerr. This yeah. year, he's been very Steve vocal been against weird. his yeah. players. Yeah. So I really and think. And then KD openly criticizes Steve Kerr. Yep. Like, I think I, we even had... Draymond, too, there was an ordeal between him and yeah, Steve Kerr. Yeah, and Steve Kerr's a man. Yeah, so. It's weird. Trouble in paradise for sure. Yep. Um, They're still looking pretty good, but 
it, I, I don't I, think they make the finals this year. I kind of, right now... I think the Rockets might over yeah. them. Okay, so if we had to make a prediction right now, after watching the Nets-Bucks game, which was so fun to watch, yeah. you got to agree with me there, partially because there's so much on the line for Brooklyn to make the playoffs, but partially because Giannis is fun to watch. That team is fun. They didn't even have Chris Middleton on the court. Um, from that alone, I want to take the Bucks out of the East. I am not. And I am I know a big disbeliever in them in the East okay. because I think there is a lot of talent in the East, and they I think they'll win like first round, but I could see them losing second or third. Second would be probably against the Celtics. I could see that happening because the Celtics have a much deeper bench than the Bucks. Be, I have an issue with this Bucks bench going into the playoffs. It'd be Celtics slash Pacers. It's nothing. Pacers, I think they'd beat. Yeah. If it's Celtics, I think I'm going to take the okay. Celtics over them. I and really don't think the Bucks have enough playoff potential with their current team. Even the Nets. Throw the Nets up against the Bucks in a series, and I think the Nets push that to six or seven games. Yeah, I would say so. I really don't think the Bucks are good enough to play in a series every single night. They can win individual games, yeah. but... Well, we'll, we'll see. see. So I'm guessing your pick would therefore be the Raptors? I like the Raptors yeah. a lot, yeah. That was, I remember, that was my pick last year. And, I mean, they had DeRozan. They didn't have Kawhi yet. Kawhi in the playoffs is a whole nother entity. Yeah. We forget so frequently that he was one of the true guys that was able to shut down LeBron. In fact, he also could shut down the Warriors and then got hurt by the Zaza yeah. thing. You know, like, possibly the Spurs would have ended the Warriors' run there. Yep. You know? Yet he got hurt, and then all the drama came from that, and that's the reason he left San Antonio. Um, but yeah, so Bucks or Raptors. I would uh, love a Bucks Raptors matchup though. Yes, Giannis versus yes. Kawhi would be awesome. Yeah, and I could easily see that happening. The Sixers are still looming. Celtics as well. Pacers, Pistons at this point, and then it's going to be potentially the Nets, Heat, Magic. They're all in the race. Uh, we don't need the Magic in the. Uh, are the Magic Hornets still in it? No. Okay. So Kemba's going to miss the playoffs again. Kem- He's never beaten LeBron before. Fun Kemba fact. He's like 0-22. Like, Kemba needs to leave. Oh, so bad. So badly. Like, if there was any thought that, like, maybe this year he's like, oh, we made the playoffs, I can stay. Right. Like, dude, it's not working. You still have a little bit of your decline of prime left. Uh, he's got prime left. Oh, but he's older he's than you old. think. He is old. I think he's like 30. Yeah. And I thought he was 28. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, it, it's starting. He's had... Probably like let's say last year, you'd be year before would be peak of his prime, mm-hmm. and it's on that decline that we're seeing with LeBron right now. Yeah. So honestly, dude, like leave while you can. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, yeah, he's the same age as Steph, and Steph's thirty, which is kind of crazy as well. Um, but yeah, I would say Bucks or Raptors, and then in the West, is I'm, your are I'm you taking, taking the, Rockets. the Rockets? Yeah, I think yeah. this is James Harden's season. There's some cool teams. The Blazers never can continue it. Um, in the playoff, in the playoffs, you know they have a good run in the regular season. I think they're like the three seed right now, or pretty high up there. Clippers will not be able to get it done, but they're a cool team. Spurs will make it, I think, with the Rosen. I think they're in, but they're not going to do anything. Everyone in the West is in. Yeah, I'm it's just locked, trying to remember so. in my head. Uh, there's, did you say the Nuggets? No, the Nuggets, the nuggets are, are cool. In. Nuggets like are really nuggets. cool. I like them a lot. Um, they predicted. Do you remember? We actually predicted yeah. the Nuggets to do really well. Yeah. Nuggets are in. Uh, I believe the Jazz are in. I yeah, totally. Said that. No doubt. Jazz are in. Thunder are at the bottom. That's right. Uh, Rockets, cool Clippers. Team. Yeah. Warriors, obviously. Warriors. Trailblazers. Trailblazers. And, and yeah. <laughs> Try so to get the Spurs. It. That was. Yeah. I didn't say the Spurs yet. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. And fact checking you there. Yeah. You're correct. Yep. So interesting. Well, okay. I'll say blanket statement. 
uh, Warriors or Rockets, and then Bucks or Raptors. I'm going to go with Rocket. I'm not faithful in this Warriors team. I'm going with either Rockets or actually Nuggets. I think they have a really cool team. I love I love Jokic, but yeah. we'll have to see. Um, okay, we have so five minutes I, left. IT is still on that team, right? Yeah, but I mean... Hey, you never know. Playoff IT. Michael, Michael Porter like finally comes back. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it could happen. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Cool. All right, five minutes left. You have one more quote. I'm a half point down, so this all is for right. all the marbles. It is NFL. <sighs> Ready to make history together. Uh, it's okay. It's got to be about Odell, and I don't. Uh, I mean, the three options are the guys that were at the press conference, which was Baker, Jarvis, and Miles Garrett. And let's say it's Baker. Um, no. Oh, God. It is actually it's not about Odell. not a player who said it. But is it about Odell? Odell is involved. Yes. Wait. Okay. Yeah. So is that not a half point? There's for a, there's a half point for Odell. Right. Okay. If it's not a player, ready to make history together. Um. Does this person work for the Browns? No. Okay. That's. Uh, I. LeBron. No. All right. Give me it. It's I, not I, don't, I don't deserve another chance. All right. Fine. Mm, might not even be a person. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, is it? Mm. Yeah. It's like a sponsor or like a, t- a company. Could be. Could be. I haven't. Um, like, should I know this? You kind of should. It was all over the place. Uh, just tell me. I'm. Taking I watched time. it like ten times. It was the Nike ad on Odell and Jarvis Landry. I don't think I've seen it, dude. That was uh, everywhere. <laughs> I don't think literally I've seen it. every. I talked about it with so many people. You I, you missed out. I missed it. It was awesome. Okay, so <laughs> I get a half point and we tie. I actually thought you may have seen it. Tell like, me, tell every, me all about it. it I'll was watch it after the show. All over Twitter, it's pretty awesome. It's basically a double screen of Odell and Jarvis, and it's like he grew up in Louisiana. He grew up in Louisiana. Right. He grew up playing his best friend in against his best friend in high school. He grew up against his best yeah. friend in high school. Like, he learned, he perfected the one-handed catch. He perfected it. It was awesome. Yeah. So, and it's all about Odell and Jarvis Landry being together on the Browns. So, this has been me watching SportsCenter lately and, like, first true, take and stuff. True, This has been all over talking about the Browns. And especially first take, Stephen A. and Max were talking about this. Is, or excuse me, are the Browns the best offense in sports i remember that question coming up um, i have a couple here yeah. that we'll run through um in sports wow i i think they meant in football yeah but i think i put just sports. say football because in sports that's just it could too be much in to sports, think about right though yeah. uh warriors in in basketball there's some baseball teams that no, warriors are definitely better yeah. yeah okay um I think I'm going to give them the uh, the title in football, though. Okay. It's because I'm kind of on the spot. I'm trying to run through teams I can think of right now. But they have so many weapons and a young quarterback who looks very promising and had a great first se- uh, season. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is basically like what the Giants were, but give them a young quarterback who can like who's just getting better and then another running back on top of Saquon, basically. Because they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt now, yeah. who's going to come back from a suspension. And you have a solid tight end in Njoku. Yeah. Your wide receiver, too, is Jarvis Landry. Yeah, because Njoku's probably better than Ingram. Landry's definitely better than Shepard, though they fit the same role. They have uh, Antonio Callaway still, who's better than any third receiver the yeah. Giants have. You're giving 
Baker Mayfield a better version of the 2018 Giants offense with a way better offensive line. Yeah. I mean, they got rid of Kevin Zietler, who the Giants now have, ironically. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really think of a better one right now because every single offense is missing something, and then the Browns kind of have it all together. So the, the other two offenses that come up are the Saints and the Colts, okay. as well as the Chiefs. The Colts are missing one more weapon. You know, in fact, they would have been another perfect fit for Odell or Antonio yeah. Brown. The Chiefs make a lot of sense because of Mahomes, but they just lost Kareem Hunt. Yep. And then the Saints. Drew Brees is getting old, but he still looks awesome. Yep. They have, no, they don't have Mark Ingram anymore. You know, they still have Kamara, but how good is he going to be on every down? Yep. And then past Michael Thomas, um, I can't think of any other receivers yeah. down. And that might be bad on my part, but I would say, like, the Browns beat all of that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but is this the best ticket in town? Is Browns football the best ticket in town, or is it the Chiefs? That's another oh. argument that's become. Oh, oh man. I, I, part of me would say I'd rather see Mahomes because he's just been so exciting, and he, he's probably the most exciting player in football, yeah, honestly. He definitely is. But the Browns. As a whole, you're gonna I think see I this want to see that Browns team. So I would say Cleveland, yeah. Um, my other thing is, will Baker be better this year? I mean, granted, yes, he does have a lot more talent around him, but what if this starts falling apart and Baker hits a sophomore slump? I mean, sophomore slump's totally possible for both him and Mahomes, who some people might argue is skipping over that because this really was his sophomore season. But no, that means sophomore slump means your second year as a starter. Yeah. Um, okay, hot take maybe. Mahomes hits a bigger sophomore slump than Baker. Wow. And I love Pat Mahomes. I could see that, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So definitely potential there. But I just think Baker has a much safer situation with everything around him. Mahomes, meanwhile, is going to be looking for a new running back, you know, to take a lot of pressure off of him. And now Tyreek Hill also has some legal issues off the field. Yeah. Who knows if he'll be suspended or not. That's true. So Mahomes can put it together, but hes I wouldn't say he's a guy like Brady who can make a receiver better. He's thrived off of having guys like Tyreek Hill who can go catch that deep ball. We'll see, though. I mean, I, I think both will still do pretty well. All right, lightning round, three questions. Sure. One, is this the best team looking position by position? I think so. I, I, I got to remember their defense. They just traded Emmanuel Ogba, who was one of their DNs, to the Chiefs, actually. But I'm going to say, yeah, I, I think their defense is good enough to, to get that. Uh, and there's also just not, like, one super dominant defense that, like, position by position looks that, like, I don't know, better than the Browns' offense does, if that makes sense. So I'm going to say yeah. All right, two, is Landry-Odell the best wide receiver duo in football right now? Oh, man. I wish I had, like, a list in front of me. I want – no, because – okay. I love Odell, obviously. Um, Jarvis Landry is a slot receiver who isn't, like, the best outside guy. So if he stays in the slot, then yeah. You know, if they have a third dude who can kind of play the second receiver role – I just can't think of an example to compare it with, so I'll say there's potentially, yeah. And lastly, how long until we see Odell and Baker Mayfield dancing together? Oh, um, a month. Um, maybe even less. Like, maybe the Browns take a really good player in the draft and we get a celebration video on Twitter. It'll be soon. Uh, deadline would be training camp. You know, it'll happen sometime at training camp, if not before. Maybe OTAs, you know? Maybe we get it soon. I'm excited, nevertheless. Yep. Uh, 
Yes, yeah, so we tied today in this episode. Cool. Uh, we kind of had, we helped each other out a lot, you know, especially in that last quote. Um, but we'll call it a tie because that's what the points say. Um, and it was a pretty good one all around. I'm in high spirits because I'm about to go watch more Yankee baseball. And um, can't really complain about that. Yeah. yeah, no complaints. So thanks, guys, for tuning in. Sorry that we were a few minutes late uh, starting. But one more time, shout out to Tommy DeTulio and Coach Vito for some cool CBA news. And let's go Yankees. Let's go. Love you guys. All right.